Hello, hello, hello. Oh, that was a little baby cry. Um, I just wanted to come on here and do a quick little intro to our newest episode of Emotional Support. This episode is with a very old dear friend of mine, Shanae Grimes Beach. She's fantastic. You may know her from 90210, from her amazing TikToks that she does with her husband, Josh. They are so funny. She's the coolest mom I know, and she just brings such joy and light. And I'm so thankful that she came on the pod to talk motherhood, talk about the past, and about how we met. One crazy audition led to us meeting up at the Ramada Inn, the Beverly Hills Hotel, and Hyde Nightclub, all in one wild, exciting evening. And on another note, this will actually be the final episode of Emotional Support, the Pregnancy Edition. This was the final one that I recorded right before I popped out lady. It wasn't exactly a pop out, (laughs) but right before. So it's a very bittersweet moment because the whole pregnancy journey is complete and there's no more audio and no more stories that I can tell from that moment. But do not fret. I started to record things as soon as Lady came out and then I took a break and then I'm starting back up again. So more episodes to come amazing, incredible interviews, great stories, lots of beauty in the brain, of course. I'm going to walk you through the next part of my journey and who knows where it'll go from there. I love you so much. Please enjoy this episode with Sinead Grimes Beach and thank you for being my emotional support. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming all the way from Nashville, um, straight to my house in bed. Basically, I feel like I'm in the couch has now become my bed at this point because I just I'm never comfortable. So this is like actually the most comfortable is like sitting upright, talking to friends. And I haven't seen your beautiful face in so long. So I'm so happy that we are doing this right now. Like, I can't tell you how much this means to me. And it's so bizarre because Sturgis, my husband, was like, how do you know this girl, Shanae? And I was like, you know, it's really funny. I met her at an audition. I think she was like 16. And I, so I picked her up at the Ramada Inn and I took her to the Beverly Hills Hotel. And then we went to Hyde Nightclub. And he's like, I'm sorry, you picked up a 16-year-old and did this? And I was like, she may have been younger. I don't know. I said, to be perfectly honest, I don't know. But it didn't seem... I'm like, it didn't seem bizarre at the time. Like, I guess now thinking about it as like an adult, um, but I mean, to be fair, I think I was like 18, but it was so funny how we met and, and you were, correct me if I'm wrong, were you on Degrassi at the time? 
I would have been. Yeah, I would have been because I, I was on Degrassi when I was 13. So I would have been on, on the show. And I would I would come into L.A. for a week to just audition right. and then see if I got any screen tests like that was it. And right. and yeah, I'll ne- I'll never forget that. I remember like. Oh my gosh. I just remember thinking like you made like my teenage dream come true. No. Like, <laughs> it was, like, so, you know, like I read, I, I was such a tabloid obsessed teenager and Amazing. obsessed with <laughs> culture and everything. So like the fact that I was like at Hyde nightclub and you, you were like, this is a moment. And it was you and like your gorgeous best Xander. friend, Xander. Yes. Like, I remember this. Like, it's a core memory for me. I think that that is the absolute best. But he was just so confused. He was just like, wait, you took her from the Beverly Hills Hotel. Where at the Ramada Inn? I'm like, the Ramada Inn is a fabulous place. I said, it's right in West Hollywood. It's on Santa Monica. It's prime location. I think you were there with your mom, you know, maybe. My mom, I think. Yeah, probably my mom or my dad. And, you know, it was just, I had had so much independence in, in my high school years. And to be fair, I was only a handful of years off of being legal drinking age in Canada. And right. so, so that's, you know. And you know what? I always do forget that, though, because for me, cause someone brought that up the other day, and they, this one of this, these my neighbor's kids, he's uh, 18, and he was so excited because he was going to Toronto from New York because he was like, I'm going to finally be 19, and I'm going to start drinking. And I was like, why? What do you... I don't get it. And he's like, no, in Canada, it's 19. I'm like, oh my God, I totally forgot that like things are so different. It's a different country. Like you forget it's a different country because it feels so normal. But I didn't realize that you were 13 when you started Degrassi. And I say Degrassi, but it's Degrassi. And I did not know that. That's wild. You were so young. How did you even begin to start? Did you always know you wanted to be on TV? I just knew that I always, like, I was that, like, center stage kid. Like, right. I wanted everybody to look at me. Like, when my friend, my parents' friends would come over, I would be doing something or other. Like, Performing. My dream was to be like, a pop star. Yeah, like, I just wanted to be front and center and, and famous more than anything. Like, I always talk about that. Like, my dream was actually just to be famous. Like, I didn't really give a shit how it happened. And You were like, it's just what I want. Yeah, like I was, because I was so like, just uh, amazed at Hollywood culture. I thought it was the most glamorous thing. Like I, I remember, you know, looking, gosh, like X17 online was dating myself. This is like old school, old school. I'm sure you remember of like the early, early Perez Hilton days and like, I remember seeing videos of like Paris and Lindsay Lohan and they would be going places, walking down the street and like clicking on their sidekick team over yep. sidekicks. And oh, I just thought that was those. like the most magical sound. Like to right. me, I was like, Oh my God, like, what is that? Like, what is that <laughs> phone? What is that sound of like the tap, tap, tapping? On I like, it's such a strange thing to glamorize, but but I was obsessed with it all. And then I was in a triple threat program, which was just like, you know, for fun, like yep. singing, dance, nothing competitive or anything like that. But one of the boys from Degrassi was in one of my classes or went to the school at the same time Whoa. as me. And I was like, holy shit, that was the first time I'd ever seen somebody on TV, like in Who real life. Who was famous, right. And I, yes. And I asked him for his autograph and he was like, sure, you know. like Which guy was, like, was so this, funny. by the way? His name, oh my gosh, his name was Jake Goldsby, and he, he yes. played Toby on the show. Yes, he was, he was the best. <laughs> yes, and 
And I asked him for his autograph. He gave it to me and he was like, I can also give you like the number of my agent if you want. Right. And I was like, what's an agent? Like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> yes, please. Um, and I, I, so I, I literally. that's I went, how Brad Pitt is. If someone asks Brad Pitt for a number, he's like, let me give you my agent's number. <laughs> that was it. And, and I went to that lady's office and I remember I was probably 12 at the time. And I was like, you don't even have to pay me. If you just get me on TV, I just want to be famous. You don't, you yeah. can take my whole paycheck. You don't even need to worry oh my about gosh, it. Today. I was like, oh. <laughs> I think that's illegal. Um, no, you're like, I would never. Was, yeah, right. Like, <laughs> negotiating commissions down. But yeah, that that was kind of it. That's how I started. And then that lady, it didn't work out. I literally booked nothing. So I was like, fuck it. I'm not meant yeah. to be an actor. Yeah. And then at the same triple threat program, a dance recital the next year, an agent ran across the street and asked me if I wanted one and whatever. I was like, no, been there, done that. Didn't get anything. Right, didn't I'm work. starting high school next year. I'm not interested. I'm just going to focus on school. And she was like, well, just it's summertime. Like just do it for the summer and see. And I booked a commercial and I made my first fucking paycheck at 13 years wow. old. I was like, mm -hmm, yeah, sign me up. I'll keep yeah. doing this. this You're like, great. I'm not giving up this paycheck. <laughs> like I can buy the Ugg boots that every other girl in school yep. has finally. Yep. Um, and, and then within a few months, I booked my, my teeny tiny role on Degrassi and, and then it, the role grew from there and everything else just kind of continued to snowball. Wow. So it wasn't supposed to be a serious regular role. No, 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 no. I had like a tiny guest star part with like three words of a line, I think in the first wow. season and second season I had a few more lines then in the third season they finally gave me one B storyline right. in the whole season and um and then finally in the fourth season I ended up winning a Gemini which is like yeah yeah, yeah. I don't that's know, a big like, deal yeah which was like you know I definitely did not expect I didn't understand what right. the nomination was even for like anything and then yeah. they called my name I was like hold on like, like what do you mean I have to walk on the stage right now um but after that, then they were like, okay, like sign on for a series regular role now. So my fourth year on the show, I finally was a series regular. Um, and then after that, during hiatus between season four and season five, I booked 90210 and they had to write me off. In oh my gosh. Season. I didn't realize that 90210 was, was while you were still on Degrassi. I didn't realize that that was the same thing. You know, I have a whole story with 90210 that I don't even know if you know, but I was on a show it. called Caprica right after 90210. Yes. It was the prequel to Battlestar Galactica. And I had jet black hair uh -huh. at the time. And yes, all I, I wanted was the role. It was not your role. Don't worry. It was not yours. It was not Anna Lynn's either. It was the other girl. I really wanted Silver's role. Silver. <laughs> that Silver. was the role. That's what That's it was. What I wanted. Okay. So. <laughs> So the craziest is, so your casting director had cast me in a, a couple pilots before, like an, this Joel Silver one particularly. And so they had always known me. And a lot of the people who were the producers had, had worked with me before. And they could not wrap their head around me being the Jewish girl, like in quote, out of quote. And I was like, what? Like, what do you mean? I'm, I'm half Jewish. Like, that was the whole thing. I was like, I don't understand. Like, by blood, I'm Jewish. Like, how dare you say this? Like, <laughs> it's not my fault I was raised Catholic. This isn't my fault you know all this stuff so I was so upset because they would not read me for this audition and so I decided as a fuck you I was like I'm dying my hair jet black 
And I had never had dark hair like that before. Absolutely nothing. I dyed my hair jet black. They still refused to see me after I sent in pictures. I made an audition tape at my acting coach's house by the pool because the scene was like by the pool or something. So I'm like laying at the pool, like doing this whole scene, sent it in and they refused to see me. And I was a basket case and I had like this really bad nervous breakdown afterwards. And I was like, I don't understand why, you know, they won't even read me. They won't give me a chance. And I went in for Caprica the next week. And I was like, this shit is stupid. Like, what is, what is this sci-fi stuff? I'm not doing this. And I literally got the role of for Caprica. And they said that they don't know if they would have been able to visually see it if I didn't have the jet black hair. So it was like this really crazy thing that like I never would have dyed my hair at the time. It was, it was so scandalous for me. I remember being like, what did I do? I looked at myself in the mirror afterwards, but I was like, that was 90210 was my dream show. Like that show to me was just, was going to be everything. And it was everything. And it blew up. And then when I found out the actress that played it was not Jewish, I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, she's like, not at all. She's like Southern. <laughs> but it I was- tested, I tested Silver and Annie, which Stop is the because I'd never heard anything about the Jewish environment. Yeah, I didn't even know Silver's character was supposed to be Jewish. Like, I'm not knowing this, any of this. Who knows? Um, who kno- and, and now looking back at it, it, who knows? You know, like if it was just yeah. excuses, but it was like, it was that weird thing that, I don't know why it made me go, oh, I know if I dye my hair black. It was so weird. Wait, so you tested for silver, Silver's role and your role? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was so random. I think I put down, I can't remember if I put down Annie or Silver initially on tape. I can't remember, but I put one down. Right. And then I sent it off. I, I genuinely didn't even know if I was going to make it to my self-tape place that day because I was interning at fashion television and that was my uh, priority. I'm like, right. self-tape's a self-tape. Like, it's so far removed from reality sure. to me. So yeah. I was like, whatever. I learned my lines in the way there in the cab. And then two days later, I got a call saying, you got to get on a plane. You're coming to LA to screen <gasps> test and you're screen testing for this character and this character. And I was like, what? actual fuck is happening right now like what is my life yeah and then um I tested I Rob Thomas was set to be the showrunner at the time and he was so amazing I went straight to a tiny little office with him and just worked one-on-one with him on both of the characters he was so hands-on and amazing like when does that happen Never. never and and then I I ended up testing for both and this is this is why I booked the job I, and I've told this story before. Tell tell the secret. But um, (laughs) I, I went in for silver first. So Straub was there. Another girl was there. And then I was there and I went in for silver first. I read my lines and I fucked up my lines Mm -hmm. in that room. And I don't know what screen tests are like anymore because I haven't done one in over a decade. They don't exist anymore like that. I mean, that's never going to go back. At the time, you know, you walk into a room, there is 30 straight face suits staring at you in like yep. auditorium seating. Yep. And it is so painfully awkward and uncomfortable. And I am a nervous ball of just, blah. Yep. Um, uh, uh, on an audition where it's just me and a camera guy. <laughs> okay. Right, so right. like, this is like my worst case scenario. And I fucked up my lines mm. and I, 
did my best to keep it together. And I walked out of that room and I was a mess. And I walked back into the waiting room and then Strap went in and another girl went in and then they were testing me for Annie. And I was the only one there testing for Annie. And I was a mess. And I was like, holy shit, you've got to walk back into that room now and have to like deliver a new performance, new character, blah, blah, blah. But the sides, okay, the scene of the test, there was like one other one, but the scene was um, Annie talking to her dad and just saying like the whole thing was being a fish out of water. And she was like, I don't want to be here anymore. I just want to go home. And I was literally channeling like, just that crying. And I, I, I couldn't stop crying. And so I was just, I walked in there and I was like little kid, like trying to keep it down. And then as soon as those lines came out of my mouth, I couldn't hold it anymore. And everything I was feeling from just fucking up my lines right. and being like, why am I here right now? I just started crying and being like, I just want to go home. I just want to go home. And everybody was like so emotional in the room. And I'm like, best performance of my life because I'm not acting yeah, at all right I'm now. I'm actually scared shitless. Thank you very much. <laughs> And that was it. And then, like, that was it. And that, but it wasn't it because Hillary Duff got offered my role. And so I was like, well, there goes that. Yeah. And so uh, for a month, I heard nothing. And then one day, I was like doing flashcards for my SATs. And I got a call being like, are you sitting down? And I was oh, like, yes. Oh my gosh. Like, your whole life's just changed. You booked the job. And like, that was it. And I was so not expecting that to happen because, like, no. hello, Hillary Duff my job but yeah well and so also crazy. I feel like waiting all that time I think that that's the worst right like people don't people think that you go in for an audition you book the role even if you have to go to like a studio you know in a big network like you book it right away that rarely happens it's usually a waiting oh, yeah. game and then it's anxiety and stress and I think it's worse if you really want the show that that's all you yeah. think about and I think, I think it felt so far fetched for me that right. like I didn't emotionally attach because right. I, I I had had my heart like broken yeah. so many. I think I tested seven times before testing for 90210 for other projects over the like few years. Right. And every time I would be devastated. I would be like, it's I am absolute shit. Yeah. And I would just feel terrible about myself. And I would be so gutted because I could envision my life if that, you know. Yeah. And th for whatever reason, I just, it was so long that I had like just moved on from it. Right. Like I was like, whatever, you know, like, um, so yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was yeah. Crazy. I mean, it's just so wild. And then I remember you came out here and then you were like living in LA, but it's so funny to me because I was such a super fan of Degrassi. Like I loved Degrassi. So for me, I was like, oh my God, you don't know who Shanae is. Like she's the star of this like huge show in Canada. Like I was offended if people did not know, like, <laughs> like they're like, oh, she just came out of nowhere. I'm like, no, she actually didn't. Thank you very much. Like this was actually a big deal and then Degrassi did not get pop like in quote unquote popular in America until Drake right then became Drake and I was like you mean Aubrey Graham like, like yeah. let's get it right okay I'm an OG fan over here like I know this but I remember being so excited whenever I would see any of the Degrassi like cast auditioning like during pilot season and they would come out and I'd be like wow this is so cool I'm such a fan of your show and they're like you know it and I was like I love it. It's, it's such a, like, I feel like if people watched it in America, it was like real cult fan. Like, oh, yeah. Real cult fan. But, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was just like, so Canadian. <laughs> and what was it like for you when you were in LA? Did you feel like kind of like 
that fish out of water feeling of like, what is going on? Like, I remember we went to uh, Kate Hudson's Halloween party one year. That was really fun. Yes. Remember that? Yeah. Like we, yes. you, we were like doing like big things. All the Hollywood things. And like, yeah. did you fulfill that fantasy of the T-Mobile sidekick like moments? I did. I had one. Um, <laughs> I obviously got one immediately. Um, no, I did. Like, for me, I remember being at the upfronts for 90210. We hadn't even shot an episode yet. And we were all walking the carpet together. And I just remember, like, Straub, who did end up booking Silver, she was, like, basically holding me up and, like, dragging my ass along that carpet because wow. I was, like, a deer in headlights. Right. I had never, ever seen that many camera flashes in my life i was wow. like i did not know what i was supposed to do or anything and and um and then when we were in there and they showed like a sizzle i guess mm -hmm. yep. of you know the original 90210 and then ours kind of introducing us to everybody like that was the moment where it really hit me because i was i mean hello beverly hills 90210 like my mom thing. you know watched it all the time it was yeah. huge and and i loved it and that was the moment where it really hit me of like, oh my God, like these people were icons yeah. and like we right. are now doing the new version of that. And right. every reporter would be like, are you ready for your life to change? And I'd be like, what? I mean, you know, like yeah. I didn't really think that I didn't realize yeah. like how instant it was going to be. And then those billboards went up and, and they were everywhere. It was like game over like i remember being at a bar and topher grace who to me was eric from that 70s show right, like right. walked over and he's like hey i've like i was i saw you in a bikini when i was driving my car or like said something about me being in a bikini i was like what and he's like, like excuse me, me? <laughs> are you talking to me right now and he was like yeah like i'm joking like your billboard on you know whatever right. whatever street and i was like Oh yeah. And I just like, my mind was boggled that yeah. like he, who I was, and I spent, I mean, however many years watching him sure. every week on TV, it was crazy. Um, and it was also, you know, it was a harsh reality check. Like, I don't think I was really ready for like what it would, what would come with all of that. Right. You know? I think what was really nice is, and you can tell, I mean, obviously you still have your podcast with with Annalyn McCord, but I think that, you know, you guys had a really incredible bond and you could see that on the show. Like you could see that it, it went out, out of the show as well, you know, and a lot of people didn't have that or maybe it wasn't, we, it seemed like, it seemed like it at least. <laughs> we were really good at, at our jobs. <laughs> um, we did not get along at all. No, you're kidding but, me. Yeah, no, not at all. I, we talk about it on Unzip, like our first episode of Unzip, we like talk about it. Me and Annalyn like pretty much didn't speak off camera for, I would say like three and a half, four of the five years that the show You ran. are kidding me. I did not know that. Yeah. That was very, very dramatic. I mean, you put a bunch of fucking, you know, 18 to 22 right. year olds um, in that kind of environment, the closet yeah. come out. Yeah. Um, it was very dramatic, but I will say that like, you're right. in that we are bonded. I mean, we're bonded for life. Right. I would say like, they're kind of like, you know, siblings or like cousins. So like, I don't have to like you, but like you will hold a spot in my heart forever, ever, because we are the only people on the planet that knows what we went through right. and, and like, the experiences. Can that. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I so think that we, that's. We are and how did you and Annalyn connect again then? Like, how did you get a bond? We, um, it was in the last season of the show. Like, you know, we had gotten a bit older. I met my husband. He definitely like softened me a lot because I had built up like such strong, thick, jaded walls yeah. um, over the years. And he softened me. He brought out like a real playful side to me. He just made me myself again, really. Right. It made me feel safe to be myself again because right. I felt very unsafe in Hollywood. And um, and I think Annalyn loved that. She saw the girl, like we were so close when the show first, first, first started and then it all fell apart because of drama and whatever. And she saw that person again and that made her feel safe to like yeah. be herself again. And then before we knew it, we were actually really getting along on set. Yeah. And then before we knew it, the show was over and we were like crying about it. And, yeah. and then I invited her to my wedding and she flew out to England to be in my wedding and you know, and it just kind of continued on from there. Like we've gotten closer and closer in the years since the show ended. That's so sweet. And it's so true because I feel like I even think back to a lot of the shows that I've done and I've never particularly, I think, did a show. I did a, a movie with a bunch of girls that were my age, um, this Netflix movie, but for like TV shows and like long running, I was always either like the only young one or one of two of the only young ones. And I never, yeah, and I, I remember that. being like super jealous of, you know, like not jealous, that's not the right word, but always being like, so in awe of someone like like you or like Jessica Zor, for instance, right? You guys were on these CW shows. Like it was this yeah. like really cool bond. Like everyone was the same age and they would all go and do these things. And I just remember yeah. being like, oh my God, I wish that I had that. I wish that I had that group because for me, I was always like the baby of the show or like the angsty teen. Right. And then it was like the adults, you know, and they were, they were really yeah. great and I got along amazing with them. But I never, I always had sure. to find... I was like the ultimate only child as I am an only child in my real life. Like, you know what I mean? It was like, I had to continue that, that like discovery by myself and, and go to press events yeah. alone. And I never had that, that group. So I always would see that and go, Oh wow, that's so cool. And so wonderful. I, I, I just think it's yeah. so sweet that, that Josh is the reason why to you guys had this kind of like softness and connection. What is it about him yeah. that when you met him that made you kind of take that moment and, and take a step back? I mean, I was so like, I was so hurt by a lot of my experiences in Hollywood. And it just, you know, again, I already said it, it jaded me so much. Yeah. It made me um, really closed off as a person and very hard. Like I was like, I will hurt you before you have a chance to hurt me. Kind of like, you know, right. Attitude yep. about everything and everyone. And, um, I was just so closed off to everything. And with Josh, like he is so warm and loving and playful and, and so funny. Like he's just, so <laughs> he's so funny. And like, he just made me laugh. Like yeah. he made me want to like adventure and try things. Like he, my, when my mom saw us together for the first time, she was like, I feel like I'm seeing my little girl for the first time since you were a little girl, you know? Wow. And it was just like, that's what he, he put me back in touch with myself. Like people say like, well, you're better half. And you know, like, it's not good to be dependent. And I'm like, to me, like he is my better half. And, and yeah. it's not that I wasn't like, 
whole person before, but there was like voids in my heart and soul that I didn't even realize existed until I found somebody who like helped me piece my heart back together. And, and I, yeah, he, I mean, he's just brilliant and he's the kind of guy where like, he's just, I mean, everything about him, like he's so good at talented, like anything he tries, he's good at. He's so handsome. He's so this, he's so that he's so charming. But like when he talks to you, like he really he's means like right there. You're the only person in the room. Yeah, like a hundred percent. The first time that I met him, I think it was Halloween, and we were at our mutual friend's house. And I just remember he was sitting and talking to us, and I was so like just like mesmerized by this human. And he yeah. kind of just yeah. I, I don't even know who he reminded me of, but it was so engaging. And I was like, oh wow, this is you know, usually you meet someone's like significant other and you're like, oh they're like really sweet. They're nice and they're great or or they're assholes. You know, it's either one extreme or the next. But there was something where he was so in your like I'm here. I'm listening to you. What do you do? How are you really? You know, he really asked the questions. And I always remember Mm -hmm. that. I was like, wow, she's got herself a really good one because that's what it's about. It's about having that connection. And I think it's totally right. I think that people, you know, say it's so bad to be codependent and all this stuff. But you know what? Honestly, if it wasn't for my husband, I probably wouldn't be here today. So why can't, and not in a codependent state, not like, oh my God, I can't live without him. But he makes me see things in a very different way and in a better way and in a more evolved way. So why wouldn't I want to, you know, include him in things and have him be like a life partner? You know, it's it's interesting how that happens. Everyone in my life liked me more and enjoyed me more when he came into my life and it wasn't like oh because now I come with Josh and like he's so great and wonderful it was like yes that he is sure. great and wonderful yeah. but he also brought out like that best version of myself yeah. and in a, in a positive way and in a pushing me and challenging me way like in in all the ways yeah um so he yeah he he's my better half in that he he makes me um really be like the better whole of myself you know now I have to ask you because this is something that I was struggling with you know Obviously, I'm I'm with child right now, and there's there's a baby growing and about to pop out. Um, but when you first got pregnant with your daughter, was there a moment where you were kind of like, "Oh my God, do I just spontaneously do this?" Was it something that was thought about beforehand with the business, like with acting, with everything? I, there is so much pressure. I feel like as someone that's in the, the in quote unquote business, whether that be singing or acting or, or dancing yeah. or whatever, where you got to figure out like, am I going to do this now or am I not? You know, how did you yeah. kind of make that decision? It was one of those things where like, I, I mean, we'd been married for a while. We'd been married for a handful of years and, and I was like, okay, like my, like, I don't, you know, I had like, oh, well, I'm not going to have a kid until I like own a home. I'm not going right. to, you know, just all these Checklist. stupid things yeah. where I was like, that will make me feel more confident about this crazy life altering yeah. decision. Um, so, and then I bought my house and I was like, oh, like I bought my first house. I was like, all right, like, okay, that's off the list yeah, now. This um, happened. I was like, but, you know, I like, so that's a little bit of stability, but like, also like, I really don't want to have another kid until I'm on another show because if I book another show, then I have job security and then I can like 
pop one out on a hiatus and just like roll back in and you know whatever uh and then i booked another series and it was like the first series i'd booked since 90210 because i took some time off and then i was just doing like tv movies and shit for a while um and then i so i was like okay I like really need to start thinking about when we're going to have a kid now. Cause like now I'm on a show. So, you know, whatever. this is the life plan and, that I decided on, <laughs> yeah. you know, like I got to hold myself accountable here. Yeah. And, um, and then I was like, you know what? I have a funny feeling that like, I can't biologically have kids. I don't know why mm. I just like had that feeling. Maybe it was a fear and therefore I like chose to own it. Wow. As a Did anyone and, tell like, you that before? No. No, just but I'd like, yeah. I'd messed up my pill before and whatever and like never had any accidents, you know? So right. I was like, I don't know, maybe like, and I'd been on the pill for so long yeah, that, that was I was like, like surely that like is affecting my body. Like yeah. maybe I should just like have some shit checked out. And I saw a Kardashians episode where yeah. Chloe had to go off the pill for a while before she could go. And you're like, shit, this started. is me. <laughs> And, you know, Kardashians is Bible. So I was like, I mean, I I guess I should probably for a few months so that I can get my, you know, stuff checked out and then at least know like what we're dealing with. Cause I'm, I'm wide open to adoption and I always have been. So I was like, but I just want to like mentally wrap my brain around kind of what that path might look like for us. So I said that I was going to do that and then um, went on hiatus. I had run out of my pill like right at the end of filming. So I was like, perfect timing. Like I'll just, you know, um, do that. And so I was not on my pill for a couple of months and Josh would be like, you know, you should book that appointment like or get back on the pill. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll book it next week. And then like before I knew it, I was pregnant. I was like, wow, (laughs) don't have any issues um, on that front meant to have biological children, I suppose. And wow. And there we were. And then the show got canceled. And I remember like, I remember calling my executive producer when I found out I was pregnant. Cause I was like, please don't fire me. Or like, yeah, please yeah, yeah. don't, you know, that. And I, she was the first person I wanted to tell. And I was like, but listen, like barring any complications, yeah. I will be back on set in two weeks. And she was like, let's call it six and we can rediscuss once the baby's here. Yeah, <laughs> and I right. was like, fine, whatever, six, but like six max. Like yeah. I will be, you know, and I, in my head, I was going to be the mom that had a full-time nanny yep. who was back on set right away. And that was going to be life and right. like, perfect. Like right. I did That's everything how it is. That, I, oh, that, you know, yeah. like I planned this and I couldn't have planned it any better. And then the show got canceled and it was the first time hearing that news that I was relieved. You know, normally wow. when you hear yeah. the got canceled, sure. you're like devastated. Like, oh my God, back to the drawing board, like sure. back to the grind. And, blah, 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 blah. and I was so relieved. Like I had zero negative feelings about that. And I was like, that's probably a Which sign. is really then- interesting because I would think that you would even be more, because you had this right. idea of like, that it's a plan. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, because yeah. it's like, oh my God, it's supposed to be X, Y, and Z and blah, blah, blah. And then it doesn't go and you're like, oh my God, where's the income going to come from? Like I was supposed to be this. Yeah. Like I had all these like preconceived notions of like, this is what my life was going to be. And then it turned out to be totally different. Like I think me, mm-hmm. maybe because I have mental illness, I would spiral, but I was like, but I what a- This would normally be something like that sounds like my yeah. brain, what you're saying right now. In that moment, it really wasn't. And I think like throughout my pregnancy, the the biggest feeling for me that I got was like an overwhelming sense of like, oh, whoa, I have a purpose that is so much more important that Mm. totally outweighs 
what I've always put the most emphasis on in my life, which is career. Like right. for me, I say, you know, I measured my own self-worth and my own value based on the external validation of, you know, Same. being an actor and the glamour and, and excitingness of that for everybody else. Right. Totally. Even though I was fucking miserable for most of my career. Like I, to me, like that, that meant that I was good and worthy was right. if I was booking and, and had an exciting job. Um, and then that just made like all of that pressure go away being pregnant. I was like, oh my gosh, like this little kid doesn't give a flying fuck no. if I am on the, in the new Hunger Games. No. Like she does not, she is not going to care one bit no, at she all. she just wants about to eat. How much money I make. Or yeah, like she just, she's not going to care. And and that took a lot of the pressure off. And then after my daughter was born, I always joke, like, turns out I liked her more than I thought I would. But like, I just, I wanted to be around, you yeah. know, like I just wanted to find a world where I could be more present because the thought of, you know, going back to set and the hours that yeah. are required right. of you when you're working, I just, I couldn't do it. I was like, I can't do that to myself. I can't do that to her. And I can't do it to my husband. Like no. basically be like, okay, like you're going to be a single dad, like five yeah. days of the week. And you know, let's see you later, figure, figure out this whole parenting thing on your own. I just like, it was not for me. Um, and How far along were you time. when you found out the news that the show had been canceled? I don't even remember. Like that's how insignificant. Wow. It wow. Was. I honestly, I don't remember. Pretty far along, I think. Yeah. But yeah. And then after. I didn't tell, I didn't tell Bruiser until I was like at least three or four months, maybe. See, I didn't tell my agents until I was in my third trimester. <laughs> Yeah. I just was like, I, 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 I know that sounds so terrible, but I feel like I was so superstitious that something bad was going to happen that with the baby that I was like, I'm not telling a soul. Like I was keeping it super yeah. hush hush until literally just recently we released it. But I, I, I think that that's right what you did. You know what I mean? And you also had to think about like, oh my God, if I go back, am I still going to be pregnant on this show? You know, but it's just, I think it's so crazy how our minds work and how everything changes when you're with mm -hmm. child. And I never felt that, that I was the same way as you. I was like, I'm going to be a working mom. I want to be on a sitcom because that would be the dream hours for me, you know? And I shoot the, shoot the live show on a Friday and call it a day. And, and look, that could still happen. Yeah. But honestly, I'm like, oh no, I'm okay. Like not rushing back into anything right now. Like yeah, I'm finding joy and, and, and enjoyment in my life through other things while going through this pregnancy, like talking to other moms and like learning mm -hmm. from them what they learned in their experiences yeah. and how they went through. Yeah. And yeah. did you have a great pregnancy? Were you he like healthy and happy and everything seemed to go great? Yeah. I mean, it all like Physically, it all went pretty smoothly. I had a couple bouts of dehydration with my first. So like, you know, I I would just push myself. I would be like hiking like a maniac and like doing whatever. And then I would have like projectile vomiting that I couldn't control that night. And it was like, all right, like I need an IV. I'm yeah. severely dehydrated. Right. Um, right. That only happened a couple of times. Other than that, it was super smooth and easy. Um, but like I, I had prenatal I would say like depression, mm. borderline depression. I don't know. I was never like diagnosed with anything, but I definitely experienced more of my anxiety and depression 
in my prenatal experience versus postpartum, which is something that I didn't even know was a thing. Oh, at it's all. such and a I, thing. I was so concerned because I have always had struggled with um, anxiety and everything my whole life. So I was like, fuck, if there was ever a candidate for postpartum depression, I right. it's like, yeah. I'm going to be off the deep end. And then when prenatal hit, I was like, oh my God, like, wow. what am I going to be? Like, what state am I going to be in after this baby's here? So I set myself up. Like I made sure I had a therapist locked and loaded who specialized in that ready to go. And that's how I discovered the prenatal depression was actually a thing because I was looking oh, yeah. for someone specialized in, you know, postpartum. And it was like, oh, specialized in prenatal and postpartum. And I was like, oh my gosh, like what this I'm is going normal? through is something like yeah. real. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was, I think a, a big challenge for me in, in my pregnancies, both times. I, I'm both not times. That's what I was going to ask you if it was just one or the other. Cause sometimes it's because there's some women, they don't get it the first time. And then all of a sudden it happens for their second or their third child. And they're like, wait, what is this feeling? Yeah. I had a smooth pregnancy. Everything yeah. was great before. Like, why is this happening? So it's interesting, but yeah. it must've been a little bit easier if you will, because you were more prepared for the second where you knew, Hey, I might need a therapist. Like this is happening me before where I've been through this it was easier in some ways but also like a shock to my system because I thought like I know I know the deal I know what this entails right. and and whatever like I'm good I'm not as stressed out I'm not panicked like I know I'm a mom I'm yeah. a good mom you know so yeah. it's like I wasn't having these fears that you have the first time of like oh my god am I ready for this yeah. my whole life's gonna change like yeah. no like I didn't have any of that so I really thought oh I'm good like yeah. I'm gonna be fine and then, it, so it was almost harder to identify that, like, that's what was going on again. Wow. Hello, like, same kind of period. Like, that's what's happening. That's yeah. why I feel so low. Like, the first time it was connected to thoughts, whereas this time it wasn't really connected to any thoughts or fears. It was just still happening. I was so low. And, um, and then you know, my, my husband who like is so good at kind of towing that line of like, okay, like I'm gonna, I want to, you know, help you kind of see what you're not seeing. Cause I was just really not seeing it. Um, and he was like, this is exactly the same kind of period that, you know, yeah. far along in your pregnancy as it was the first time, blah, blah, blah. And he's so patient and wonderful. How so, far along were um, you? Yeah. Were you like right in the first trimester first, when it hit? First, yeah. First trimester, the worst for sure. And then like getting into the second trimester for me, it was always about like, losing control over my body that yeah. really really bothered me like I being pregnant is a blessing and it's all of those sure. wonderful things so it's not to take away from any of that no. but I but really it's okay to be real <laughs> yeah I really struggled with like my body is not my own I didn't like that people suddenly looked at me like a fucking vessel I didn't like that I couldn't lift things that I wanted to lit. I'm very independent. Yeah. I like to work out. I like to work out hard. I like to drink. I like to like do all of the, and yeah. like, I couldn't all of a sudden it's like, well, found out I'm pregnant. So like now I'm just yeah. like, you know, the vessel for right. this new life and who gives a flying fuck about me and like right. what I want to do and how I want to feel. And I know it's only short term and I know it's only temporary, but it's frustrating like it well, really and it is short crazy. term but like at the end of the day let me tell you I have been like going through this and I'm like I, and I'm not and she's still cooking so I'm like not ready for for a baby to come out yet like by any means like I'm like no no still come because I don't have any furniture we have nothing yet like everything's on back order <laughs> like for like six months but I tell you like it it's a long time 
Like, I yeah. remember when I told my mom I was pregnant, and I found out very early on, I was like three and a half weeks pregnant, literally very early. It was super random because I get, I used to get my periods every two weeks, like constantly. So I knew something was wrong, like di not wrong, but yeah. different, you know? And, but it is something where it's like, oh, wow. It just hit me, I think, in the last month, I would say in literally my eighth month, where I couldn't tie my shoes. Like, I was not showing. Yeah. I was still auditioning. Everything was still normal. I was hiding it from friends. People didn't know. And then I just, wow. like, all of a sudden gained all this weight. And I remember not being able to tie my shoe and being like, this is just the weirdest feeling in the entire world. It was, it's just, yeah. like, it's unexpected. It's just mentally weird. Yeah. It, you know, physically, of course, but, like, the mental that tied to that. And, like, you know, the first time, like, everyone would be like, oh, my God, you're having a baby. Like, do you feel so connected? I'm like, I haven't even felt the thing move yet. Like, it's right. just, like, a bean in my uterus right now. Like, I know. Like, right. I'm not that person. And I don't like feeling pressured to be that person. There's so much pressure. And it doesn't mean that I'm not going to be a good mom. And it doesn't mean I'm not going to love my no. child. But right now, like this, like whatever, like yeah. spermified egg that's in there. Yeah. Like, I don't even feel any movement. I don't see anything like this is nothing. No. So like, no, I don't have like emotional connection where I'm just like rubbing my belly and loving on it. And I felt bad about mm. being honest about that. Yeah. I hated that. Whereas the second time, at least like. A, I was like, you know, locked down pretty much. So like more separated from other right. things. And like my husband just like, let me do it my way. And if that meant not really acknowledging things because you're always like you, you're always scared that something's going to go wrong. You live with totally. that 24 seven for the entire time. And yep. so for me, the way that I hoped is by just not really acknowledging it and not getting too connected and too emotionally invested or anything until I felt good and ready and comfortable to do that on my own freaking terms and whatever, like everyone's got their own way of, of processing. No. And I really thank you for saying that because it's been so frustrating. I think hearing so many women's stories of them all feeling the exact same way that you have, where it's like, mm -hmm. just leave me alone. You know what I mean? Or if it's like, yeah. if you don't, sh if you're not showing enough, people are like, are oh, you're not eating enough? Like you must not be gaining enough mm -hmm. weight. Like the baby's unhealthy. And that's why I didn't tell mm -hmm. a lot of people because I knew there would be so much judgment where they would be like, oh, well, you need to eat meat. You're a vegetarian, so you need to start eating meat. That's why your baby's not healthy. Like, everyone has an opinion, and everyone has a story, and everyone has a suggestion, and I'm sure it's all yeah. really out of kind heartness, but, you know, at the same time, you're just like, shut up. Just shut up. Just let me live my life, you know? No. Oh, my gosh. What is something that you would give an advice to, um, you know, those who follow you or follow the show, like, as a mother? Like, something that you learned that you've really, you're strong-willed about and you're loving? Like, some, I don't know, any advice? <laughs> you know, I just think it's, like, it's one of those things where, like, you learn every day, right? And I'll be learning how to be a mom for the rest of my life. Like yeah. I'm never going to hit a moment where I'm like, I know what I'm doing here. Like I've got this, yeah. like, no. And if anyone pretends that they're lying, know that. Like, I think a lot of the shit that we see on social media and we hear from other people who really uh, 
do their best to act like they have their shit together and like they're these super moms and whatever, like know that it's a lie. Like know that like that is bullshit. Nobody has it all figured out. We are all figuring it out. I think I've just allowed myself grace. Like even in moments where I feel like, damn, I really let my kid down in that moment or I could be doing better here or I could be, you know, being more present there or focusing harder here or whatever it is. Like there's a million of those moments every day, week, month, year. But I have really focused on like accepting that like I am doing my best. Yeah. And I, I, I love that for me. (laughs) I love that for me. I love that I'm doing my best. My kid is fed, happy, healthy, loves me, um, knows how loved she is, you know, like that's the most important thing. She laughs real hard. She loves real hard and, (laughs) and everybody's doing good, you know? So all the rest of this stuff, all the books and all the things that you should do this way or that way and whatever, like it doesn't matter at the end of the day. None of it matters. And I just have walked through this second season, just knowing that like, yeah, some balls get dropped some days. (laughs) It is what it is. I am at my max capacity at all times. So if this is what I have to offer today, this is what I have to offer. And, And, and that goes for every aspect of my life. You know, like I had to reschedule with you what twice. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. This is where I'm at. Like, and I can only meet you where I'm at. Yeah. And I think that I completely understand that because that's where I've been, where some days I wake up and I'm like, I feel so physically ill. There's no way I can have a conversation with you today. Like, sorry, like it's not going to happen. And it may happen two minutes before where all of a sudden I'm like, where's the heartburn medication? Like what's going on? I can't breathe. Like, sorry, it's not going to happen, but it's okay. And you have to be able to get those boundaries. I think boundaries are super important, especially when you have other humans that you are taking care of because that's your priority. Mm -hmm. and like no one else exists in that moment and like you have to remember that well I'm gonna ask you my final question that I ask everyone on the show um what is your emotional support (gasps) what is my emotional support in life a smile from my kids or a a hug from my husband when I say I don't want one (laughs) oh my god that's That's the best answer I've ever heard I love that a hug from your husband when you don't want one. It's so true. Wow. I never realized how important that is and how I never want a hug. And then I get that hug and it really just is everything that I could ask for and more. Oh my gosh. Well, Sinead, that's that's real love. People that like know you better than yourself in that moment. We, when we're hard little, hard little ladies who want to be tough and, and power through everything. It's like, that's, to me, ultimately what I want, even though I don't realize it in that moment is someone to say like, you don't have to be tough right now. You know, like I got you. And yeah. That's your emotional support. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, Sinead, thank you so much for coming on the show.